but you can trust. Hi, this is Janet Gallen. Welcome you to Love Letters Live. And I have asked Peter Katkoff to come back. Uh, Peter is the president of the Marin Philosophical Society. And Peter comes to this with an enormous list of impressive and mighty, you know, um, experience. And he's got degrees and he's got all kinds of, all kinds of, what would we call it, Peter? Just um, affirmations that you know what you're talking about. So- Well, I'm trying to pay attention. I know you do. Today, we're gonna to talk about, oh, by the way, for those of you who wanna know a little bit more about Peter, you can look at his last YouTube and um, see more about him personally. And so I don't wanna repeat that, but let's talk about what you can trust. You know, Peter's, Peter, would you say your expertise or your main area of interest is the influence of the internet on modern society? It's pretty close, Janet, and thank, and thank you for having me back again. Uh, I, I have been fascinated for probably over 20 years in the uh, effects that computer-mediated, electronically-mediated communication have on relationships of all kinds, whether it be out in the world or uh, or just in the family, or uh, maybe most importantly with myself, the effect and cumulative okay. effect of communications when it's mediated electronically. So are you indicating that in some way that we actually change ourselves as a result of using this? Uh, I would say yes, uh, with a qualification. I would say the only, uh, to repeat what I, what I did the last time we talked, Janet, I would say that probably the only way that I know myself, truly know myself, is an authentic communion with another, capital O. Like right now I'm talking with you, but it's not you, it's a representation oh. of you. And I'm looking at a picture of me, yes. it's a picture of me. Yes. Okay. So here we are, two people, virtually, and that's the important word, we we, we so I could virtually know myself and so forth and so on. Um, and as the result of that, uh, yeah, a change, but the change has to do with whether or the change in knowing who I am as a person, and that's a work in progress. Okay, well, good that it is. How nice. I want to ask you something. That's such a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about today or what I wanted you to talk about today, which is, how, oh, it's so complicated. It is so complicated and disturbing. So you're talking about two images relating to each other. How can you trust, how do you know that you can trust what you see? How do I know that's really you? And now, you know, there's been this thing called deep fake. How do we know fake. we can, how, fake. Do we know, how do we know what we can trust when we see it on the internet? We are in trouble that way because so much of what we see and what we learn from the internet is not in fact true. And, um, you know, I just want to say liar, liar, pants on fire, like we used to say in the third grade, it's gotten to a really dangerous proportion. There was, as you may all have seen, this what they call deep fake of somebody morphing into Tom Cruise, and you do not know that you're not seeing Tom Cruise. What do we say about this, Peter? Well, a couple of things. I think, first of all, it's only a beginning of what we're going to be seeing. It's, I know, it's nothing compared I to what's going to be happening in the future. Right. Um, I'd like to first talk about what is meant by the word trust. Please do. And and I was going and I think uh, my own view. Uh, I, I have what I call a naive 
view of trust. I, this, this might sound a little silly, but basically it comes down to, I have total confidence that you or it will act to conduct itself in my interest before it does in your own. Okay. And this is, and this is because we were raised in a different era where this was how people behaved more or less. Yeah. Um, today, I look at, at trust kind of in a relative sense uh, that I have uh, pretty near 100% confidence that, that this pattern, whatever it is, whether it be in the media uh, or the media itself or uh, my relations, will continue. And that persons or individuals or things, uh, institutions, will conduct themselves first and foremost in accordance with who they are, where their values are, and so forth. And, and then if they happen to coincide with mine, that's great, but that ain't their motive, okay? So keeping that in mind, I'll tell you a little story. Um, my father used to say things like, he's gonna, he, he wants to go and buy something and he's looking for a product. Mm -hmm. I remember him saying as a, as a kid, uh, well, I'm gonna look at this or uh, I like this because they advertise. Oh, really? They advertise. This is, again, this is just my own personal background. And I always thought, okay, what, what does that all mean? Well, later on, years later on, I'm getting in, into college and, I, and I'm taking, uh, getting a degree in business and, they, and, and we have to do, uh, we set up a company on paper and part of it is for promotions and advertising. And the way the thing was set up was you put X amount of funds into that and your sales go up X amount or Y amount. That kind of a thing. So there, you know, there's something to that. But wait a minute, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. But I have a question. So he trusted the advertising. Yeah. He trusted it to be true. Right. And the him. point is, the point is that he read some, in those days it was reading. There was no television. There was radio. Mm -hmm. But the point is that there was something out there in writing or on voice that uh, was attractive and he had confidence in. Okay. Well, flash forward several, several days, uh, several years later, I'm flying on an airplane at the time when there used to be the live uh, flight attendants speech on safety at the beginning of every flight, right? Yes. yes. And then, then something happened. Um, slowly but surely, those live announcements were replaced by a video screen. Right. Now, I could very, I don't know about you, but I could very easily tune out that live announcement from the person. But I'll be darned if I could take my eyes off that video screen. It was just there. And think about right now as we're looking you at mean, because it's because it's so hypnotic? Yeah, that's the reason why I think physiologically that that's true. It okay. refreshes at a certain rate, which, yeah, I think that's, uh, uh -huh. Alpha yeah, I think that's okay. true. Um, the other thing is that um, somehow or other, and, and I, don't, I don't have a reason for this, that, that when something is writing, in writing, I read a book, for example, um, and I hear something, it's, I, whether it be on the internet or not, I, I, I take it as fact. Maybe today's Instagram, I just happened to think of this, maybe today's Instagram generation, that things are not real unless you take a picture and have a photo of it, type of thing. So are, is one really in touch with their own values when that happens? Who are I? Who am I? What are my values? More and more, um, we, an author or an artist can in, can uh, can learn their trade or or improve their trade online 
by looking up a program. And typically what happens is that you look this thing up and you have choices of uh, on something called a menu that is designed by a systems designer, maybe incidentally uh, that might be in consultation with an artist or an author or something like that. But the point is that it's out there somewhere where the, it's not an act of creativity from here. It's an act of responding to something out there. And there's a difference between coming from who you are and responding to what somebody else is, whatever it is, and taking it as your own. Mm -hmm. Builds up kind of a false narrative. Well, I have another question, though. When you get back to you, you trust what you see. For a long time, and I don't know how far back this started already, but quite a while, you'll know better. Um, there were very false reports of things on the Internet, dangers, you know, that... Um, I think one of them was, you know, if you go to a movie, you have to take a wooden board with you to sit on because people have put AIDS needles into the seat going up, all kinds of panicky. I remember that one. And then people started looking at Snopes to see if something was true or not. And I think a large percentage of people would check Snopes, but I continued to see nonsense posted by friends, you know, on Facebook. I just read this and don't do that and don't ever get in your car if you did all false, all false. And there's a false panic started. How do we know what we can trust? And my real question and concern is, what happens to a society when we no longer have trust in what we see? Well, let's, let's take that a piece at a time. Thank you, Jen. Those are very good questions. Um, first of all, I think it was Winston Churchill who was probably one of many people who, uh, who was quoted as saying that the first casualty in any war is the truth. Yes, yes. Now think about war, metaphorically. All right. The other thing is, I think it was um, Yuval Harari wrote uh, a book, best-selling book still is, called Sapiens. And, uh, and Harari talks about every human being uh, we, we construct narrative, we construct stories, and we live to our stories. And I'm thinking about that and said, yeah, uh-huh, that's what we do. And this is what, and, and so I've come to understand that my belief system is the highest order of my thinking, following from matter philosophies and principles and things like that. But what I believe, and, and, it, and, it, and it's not necessarily limited to a religion, it could, it could be a political system, some kind of a dogma. It could be what some people call conspiracy. You know, whatever, whatever it happens to be. Heck, I was up in, a, in, a, in an airplane at the time that the Hillbot comet came out, little, little comet with two tails. I was up there going over Greenland or whatever it was at night. I looked up through my binoculars at this little green thing. And I said, oh, little green man. Yeah, that's what's on that thing. People can believe that sometime. On the subject of deep fakes, um, there's a wonderful new book out. I'm, I'm in the process of reading it. That's why it's on my mind right now. Um, it's written by, uh, I can't, his last name is Lee. It's a Chinese gentleman. He used to be president of Google, I think it is in China, and he had high positions in, in this country, educated here and so forth and so on. Um, and and uh, it's written with uh, an author, a Chinese gentleman, an author, they both are. And, and it's set in 2041, 2041. And it's talking about deep fakes, What's going on today is nothing compared to what they're projecting as it could be then. I'm and sure. Everybody, what, are, what are they projecting and what is the damage that it will do? What they're projecting is you cannot detect the difference between real and fake. 
And how there, are, there are ways, the lip sync and so forth and so on, there's ways, that sophisticated ways to detect that kind of stuff, which oh, the average person. Okay, yeah, well, you mentioned lip syncing. So when I watch a dubbed movie, I stare, and sometimes I'm not sure if it's dubbed or, and I find myself staring at what the lips are doing. And then I can determine whether it's been dubbed or not. Most people aren't going to bother doing that. Most people aren't crazy enough to bother doing that. What what are we going to do when we can trust nothing? How are we going to live our lives? The simple answer, I would say, has to do with critical thinking. Okay. Okay. That's the, that's the easy answer than what is critical thinking. And I think that varies with different people. Uh, due diligence comes in there and so forth. Um, I, I pulled off a list just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um, should I trust internet sources? Okay. Um, there is no quality assurance when it comes to information found on the internet. Anyone can post anything. That's right. And everybody seems to feel that his or her own voice is critically important and worth listening to. That's so an important point because now, due to the internet, the pervasiveness of it, if you have the craziest idea in the world, Right. You could find validation somewhere in the world by one or more or a group of people who will validate your craziness. Well, and join in whatever, you know, evil thing you might. This was true, by the way, with ages ago, people who uh, had Tourette syndrome and they were isolated. I, Oliver Sacks talks about this in one of his books. They were isolated. It's a very rare thing. And finally, through the Internet, they started finding each other, these people who were so afflicted with this particular condition. And now there are conventions, nobody's alone. Nobody has to suffer alone. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. The internet has allowed, you, you say, if I'm wrong on this, I, I can't imagine there has ever been a time that, and thanks to the internet, that so much awareness and support has come to a country that has been attacked by another. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, I agree. The, the, the Internet and the electronics in itself are, are wonderful, wonderful inventions of human beings. Yes. Powerful. However, having said and during COVID and it continues today. Yeah. Yes. They could literally be a lifeline, a, a, an actual lifeline. OK. Yes. But having said that, I can take a medication that could otherwise be poison, but it, 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 it's, it takes care of or addresses or cures or heals a certain ailment, but that can have a lot of side effects. It's a metaphor that I like to use, uh, whether it be the internet or any, just about anything, that you've got to look not just simply at the good and the benefits, and that's what we need to focus on, but be aware of, and that's where the trust comes in. Be aware of the possibility of side effects. We'll okay, so, so that is good advice for mankind, humankind, um, to be aware. And so, I mean, I do that all the time. I look for what are the side effects. I was looking for places to send donations to be of some help to Ukraine. And I found a couple of, you know, some, I mean, the list goes on and the world has pulled together in support. And what I found myself doing was I'd find, a, a, you know, an organization and want to write a check and I would catch myself and then I would put in the name of that organization and then followed by the word scam. 
Uh huh. And it turns out that the organizations I liked were not. I'm happy to say, but that's a, that's a piece of advice that's worth having. If there's something you want to send a donation to and you've never heard of it, look it up and then just put scam, and you'll find out if in fact it is a scam or they have a history of, you know, robbing the till. So you're talking about an online search, are you? Yes. Ah, okay. I, I didn't hear that. Okay. So, so, so it's so it's going to be up to each of us to take the responsibility to find out as much of the truth as we can. Um, right. Uh, absolutely, and and I, I I've got I've jotted down a couple of things which I'd like to share with you. There's a, maybe seven points to enable that. Please. And excuse me while I, I do a little reading here. So I'm not looking at you or your image rather. Okay. <laughs> um, before, in all of this kind of subject, but just in general, when you're online, check your emotions. Um, what's your first reaction to what you see? Kind of notice, notice what it is uh -huh. you see. Are you angry? Are you outraged? Are you curious? The, the, the newspapers and media sell, they, they're, they're popular because they stimulate emotions, whether it be anger, whether it be fear, but nowadays, and, and some people are afraid of that. Well, you know, I think on, on that topic, if I may, that mm -hmm. they, they count on fear because if you're afraid, you stay tuned with the yeah. hope that you'll find out that it's finally safe to go. If they tell you the good news, you're going to go out of the house and have exactly. a good time and no longer watch and the sponsors won't be happy. That's correct. Okay, go ahead. And I'll share a little personal anecdote of something that happened to me years ago. Uh, you, some, of, some of our audience may remember uh, the construction of the new U.S. embassy in Moscow back in the 80s. And, and, the, and the story isn't the construction. It's what came out of that because as they were building it, they found it was being bugged. They were being listening devices oh put goodness. in it and it hit the news, right? That's the important point. It hit the news. It just so happens that I had an acquaintance who was the son of the architect on that project. And, and he was also an architect. And I, and I asked him, I said, well, what do you think about all this stuff? What does your father think about all this stuff? And he looked at me like, a, like, a, like a, an adult looking at a little child. And, 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 and he was like, he was patting my head. He says, Peter, you have to understand, you either use the media or it uses you. Yeah, well, you mentioned that last time, how it uses us, the internet. Yeah, and I mean, so th there is a little warning right there about reading it or hearing whatever you hear. So engaging, the second point I wanted to raise besides just checking your emotions, determine the purpose of what you're reading, watching, or hearing. Okay? Is it a news report? An opinion column? You know, when you read the newspaper, you have a nice bold headline that says, ouch, and you read down in, in the story and you find out it might be the opposite of what that headline said. Oh, yes. And I, I heard once a long time ago that most people will read page one and they don't follow through to the end of the story. Sound bites. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. Everything's quick. Um, how about a third point? Uh, consider the message. Is it too perfect? Is it just right? Is it overly, aggressively partisan? Etc. Um, search for more information. Yes. Go what deeper. Kind of, what kind of information would you search more for then? Uh, are reputable news outlets reporting the same thing? Uh huh. Okay. Things like that. Okay. Uh, have independent fact checkers con uh, cons contested or debunked it? That goes to what you were saying a while ago about scope. 
Um, can you determine where it first appeared? Oh, uh -huh. interesting. Mm -hmm. Never thought of that. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, go deeper on the source. Um, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Search for its name, then do a do do a, a who's its source. You could do an online source of who it is, etc. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, points on these, but we don't have time for that. But go go deeper on the content itself. On the content itself. Um, I mean, these are just little ideas, uh, which I would call examples of the kind of critical thinking needed, or should, should be, Every one to of counter them. this, what is becoming deeper and deeper fake. It's going to happen. It's happening. Uh, artificial intelligence, uh, it supposedly in the next five or 10 years, will uh, equal or surpass supposedly the, the ability of the human being to do certain things. And, uh, and, and, and we will be guided and nudged uh, and the more we're uh, connected, connected at the hip, as it were, to our electronics, the more that's going to happen. You know, when so, you, you, you were talking about going deeper into the source. There used to be a phrase that I think we all were familiar with when you would tell somebody something you had heard and that person was of kind of questionable integrity. The response was always, well, consider the source. I mean, that was kind of a, a well-known a well-known philosophy right there, consider the source. Yeah. Let, let me give you, yeah. please. Uh, another example is um, I, I once was a, uh, in my, in my student days, I had an instructor who had a, who had, had a very deep belief that what, what needs to be done in this country is uh, get rid of capitalism uh, and, and uh, do something else. And of course she had her own belief on what that something else was uh, to change the system. Um, and the point, and, and I immediately questioned that, uh, not because of the political thing, but because, and what I told, what I suggested was the problem with that notion is that both systems run by, are run by humans. And unless something changes in humans, which really haven't changed much in quite a few decades, uh, millennia, right. then, then it's a matter of shifting just from individual greed, for example, to state greed. Okay, that so kind of I'm thing. so glad you used that word because I hear that too. People criticize, you know, capitalism is the devil. No, greed is the devil. I think if we were to punish greed so much more swiftly and severely, we'd be doing humankind a great service. Yes, and and, and all those things which which uh, some people call the seven deadly sins or whatever it is, these are part of being humans. You know, yes. all all I can say about about living a life and, and having insights and so forth over time. Is that whatever whatever hand I was dealt, philosophically, uh, nature, nurture, whatever it is, uh, by paying attention to things like what we're talking about right now, I become much more skillful at playing my own personal hand, not somebody else's, but mine. And so, and and then when I do that in the service of something bigger than me, my community, the planet, whatever it happens to be, uh, it seems that it works out much much better, and I have a better sense of my belonging, who I am, so forth and so on. Oh, it's just a relief to listen to you. You know, there, there was a, a phrase that I, I've heard in various manners, and the philosophy of it is, don't absorb other people's foolishness. That's good. And I think that's kind of a lot of what you're saying, right? Yeah. Here. And by the way, as far as capitalism, I've been so touched by what capitalism has been able to do in so many areas here. It is the huge companies that now have the power to isolate Russia. 
They have the power to send help. It's just huge what some of these enormous uh, companies are doing. And without capitalism, we wouldn't have had those companies. Never mind for the moment that they have a ways to go to make themselves really bad. I mean, Uber apparently is giving unlimited rides anywhere from the Ukrainian border into anywhere in Poland. Free. I was so touched by that. Airbnb Airbnb was giving housing, providing housing temporary, because that's what they do, to 100,000 refugees. Yeah, and we don't really, and it really doesn't matter if it's enlightened self-interest or otherwise, uh, because it it will reflect positively on them. Janet, uh, my second career after um, 27 years in the corporate world Uh was as a uh, organization consultant. And I was drawn into a particular group of people that work with these kinds of companies, uh, mainly international, multinational firms. And the notion of, of their approach was uh, to replicate nature's process in the organization so that there's no such thing as waste, everything has a purpose, and you're, and, and you're, you're interconnected with everything out there. Not just in your own organization, and money and bottom line was a byproduct of all that, not the, not the primary move. And, and you attract you, you attract customers, you attract the right employees, you're doing right for the community. And, and, and it all came alive one day when, uh, when I was visiting in the very north of Ireland at one of the sessions with, with a couple of the international companies that, uh, that, that our, uh, our mentor, our leader, Charlie, was, uh, was conducting. And I, I, the conversation was not about how do you make more money? Uh, they, were, they were talking about a particular product, but they were talking about the building in which they're manufacturing it and how the architecture of it can blend into the community. Now, in the business, rather than let's go, let's go build this thing and go produce our product. So there was an awareness and a consciousness. There's a difference, awareness and consciousness yes. of the effect that their operation would have on the greater whole, the community. Well, okay. I have, I have a question then, segue into love letters, because something just occurred to me. I, I do believe, I, I have written a couple of letters to politicians who have done things, small things that are wonderful and actually have changed the quality of life. And I've written appreciation letters, just admiration letters to these politicians. And I've gotten responses. And in each case, the response was, you know, I didn't think it was, it was such a little thing. I didn't think it was important really that it, that it would make sense. No, but it was important because small things add up and small things that make the quality of life better, make the quality of life better. But my point is, I think people who get appreciative letters for what they have done will strive to maintain that admiration. When you write a letter to somebody who's done something icky and you just you know rip, rip them to shreds, first of all, they're not gonna read the letter. They're going to throw it in the wastebasket. I don't think it has much of an effect, but I'm thinking that love letters of appreciation to the heads of these companies who have done these wonderful things is a very beneficial thing to do. That's a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing to say. And my mind right away went to share those kinds of letters with their stockholders. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. But, you know, but I think I think people struggle when you get a compliment for something you've done good. Don't you want to do it again? Well, not only that, but I think it has a, a deeper talk about deep truth instead of mm-hmm. deep fake. 
I think it, uh, I have a personal experience in this. Uh, I, I was telling a story, um, speaking before a group a number of years ago, and, and I had some incidental story I told about uh, uh, the costume of the day, what we, what we used to uh, wear, uh, what, what the men wore, three-piece suits down in, in, the, in the financial district that had a vest and a tie right. and all these kinds of things. It was just a throwaway line. I would just mention that. And I, and I mentioned that I was seeking at the time a, a mentor outside that. And it was important for me at the time to find someone that had a similar way they looked. And it was just a throwaway line. It really was. And afterwards, some woman comes up to me and says, oh, I love what you had to say. And I said, well, I'm a marketing guy. I know how to do research. What was it that I said that you loved? She said, that business about the tie. And I thought, what? What is she talking about? But, but what I got out of that was that it doesn't really matter if I think it's important that sharing who I am with another human being can do some good, whether I know it or not. And yeah. now I know it more. I don't have to make a point, have that checked off. I could just be myself out there. And that's enough. Don't have to and do by anything. The, and by the way, you know, sharing part of yourself as you're talking about it kind of elevates trust. If you're telling the truth about yourself, people can trust. You know, it's this ratcheting up of trust, which we need to do right now because of what the internet is doing to destroy trust. Yeah, especially if you're able to walk your talk. If you're what? If you're walking your talk. If, if yeah, you're inside, if you're yeah, integrated, yeah. if your insights and outsides are reasonably, your value system is reflected out on what you do out in the world, it, it never can be 100%, depends on the context. Uh, but, but on balance, if it's doing that, uh, people respond to that. Find yeah, that. They do, don't they? We all do. So, so just to kind of wrap it up, because I think it is so important, is that we're going to have, as a society, we are going to have to take responsibility ourselves to filtering out truth from garbage. Uh, yes. And, and, and I would even add a little bit of what you mean by taking responsibility. One, you need to find who, out who you are as a human being. The suggestion I would make is turn off at, at a given time, turn off the devices and get out in nature. Experience it. Notice the difference in how you experience yourself when you're out in nature. Notice how your vision widens when you're out in nature. I mean, or whatever it is that makes you feel that way. You know, it could be meditation group or whatever it happens to be. But the but the point is, is, is to know yourself, who you are, what your values are, and you are not whatever it is you're seeing in the in the picture uh you know th this is what we're doing right now is that that rendering the great thing about this right. is not a pipe <laughs> this, you know, is not a Peter, that, this is not a janet <laughs> turning the device off is harder to get people to do than you would think i had a, a guest a young man who came for dinner he just moved to the area and i wanted to include him and my kids were here and um his grandmother said to me, well, he's going to have a cell phone on the whole time he's at the dinner table. I said, not on my dinner table. He's not. She said, you're not going to get him to turn it off. He won't. Anyway, young man walks in. And I, as we start going to dinner, I said, by the way, my dinner table is a cell free, a, a cell phone free area. Oh, okay. He puts the thing down, no cell phones. And he had the best time. He was talking to people and Yeah. I have a question for you, Janet. At that dinner, did he put it down or did he put it away? Oh, no, he left it on a table outside the dining room. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. by the way, yeah, turning it off, you know, and keeping it on buzz or vibrate. So people are, <laughs> we talked about this last time. So people are 
talking to you, kind of, kind of. They're really, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It can't so, be in the room. So, yeah. so for all the enormous good that the internet has done, it, it's shocking how much good it's done. And sadly enough, it's also shocking how much detriment it's done. This is, this, this is a technology, first of all, and technology has, does little more than makes much more efficient whatever it is that humans do. Oh, good for you, yes. For good right. or for evil. Right. It will magnify and make more efficient by greatly. That's what technology will do. It's not neutral. Very important point. It's not neutral. It doesn't mean it's bad, but it means one needs to be aware of that. Yes. You know, I'm sure we've all had this experience. You turn on your computer and you're minding your own business and you're writing or you're doing whatever. It is, and down the side of your screen comes all these suggestions for things for you to buy. And I've noticed that at one point I was looking for a chaise long for my outside on the Internet. And for weeks and weeks, I was getting from every single company that ever made one a sales pitch. All I did was look at a few. Yes. It's more that that what you just now said is insidious. There was a a game, I think it was called Pokemon Go uh, that came out a few years ago. Within 72 hours or something, uh, businesses were approaching the developers of that uh, such that and they would pay money so that the Pokemon Go, because it's, it has something to do with going down the street and finding clues and so forth and so on, uh-huh. it would nudge people to go into certain stores. Right. So it's subtle. Right. It's really subtle. Alongside your, when you look at your screen alongside, it's not only products. There are also nice things like this YouTube, for instance, could be along the side of that screen. Oh, I have blown a half a day sometimes just watching YouTube after and learned a lot, by the way, I must say. Yes. Oh, it's very, it's very seductive. But uh-huh. again, you're being drawn into something over there. And, and I'll just bet you that there's a little bit of you somewhere inside that says, oh, God, where did that three hours go? Oh. It- <laughs> yes. But by the way, the good news is that learning is seductive. Yeah. Well, now, what is learning? Is oh. learning knowledge? For me, Partly. yes, that's there. But it's also, it has to do with a shift in being. And who I am, that unless it's reflected in that, have I learned or is it just information? It's just a thought. Okay, that's a good point. And that's that's complicated and worth talking about. Maybe we'll talk about that another time. I want to thank mm-hmm. you for doing this with me again. I love talking to you. My and, pleasure. It uh, really, really is. Isn't thank this you, a, just a wonderful miracle? Thank, thank someday, you. Someday we'll meet in person and go for a walk, maybe. Yes. <laughs> Who knows? But here's the thing. I would like to just encourage people to write those letters by hand. Put your whole self into the message. It's a wonderful idea. And and turn off the devices and write letters of appreciation to everybody who was using the internet for the positive and getting things done. Thank you for saying turn it off and write it. Don't put it in email. That's a really good, that's a great suggestion. Yes. Okay. I don't, right. you know, I, I love my devices. I love my devices, but I also know when to turn them off. And with that, I'm going to tell you goodbye and thank you and turn this one off. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Thank you, dear. I, know. This has been, I just am so satisfied. Thank you.